When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know how you're doing, but here on Post Show Recaps, we're having the worst day ever. It's worst day ever. It's that 24 podcast here on Post Show Recaps. It's the season one full series spoilers special. I'll say it again. It's the 24 season one full series spoiler special. We are closing out our season one coverage with a special edition of Worst Day Ever, where spoilers from the entire run of 24 are not only allowed, but encouraged, and indeed the point of the podcast's existence. So if you're one of those people who's been listening to Worst Day Ever, simply uh, to, to keep the pace with myself and Miss Emily Fox, you're watching along with us. You're in the Emily spot. You're watching 24 for the first time ever. This podcast is bad. This is a bad one. You don't want to be here. Get out of here. Leave now. Stray away from this place. Turn off the podcast. Delete the thing. Come back in two weeks. In two weeks, we're doing the season two premiere. There's no spoilers there. We're starting season two in two weeks, but this is the spoiler edition. This is meant for the people who have seen all of 24 or don't care if they're about to be spoiled about all things 24. So that means Emily's not here. It's just me. Just kidding. It's not just me. I'm actually really, really excited because Worst Day Ever is a podcast that I do with the latest person in my family that I am watching 24 with. But today is a very special podcast because it's with the first person in my family that I ever watched 24 with, making his post-show recaps main feed debut. You go back to the Patreon archives and you hear him talking about Terminator 2, Judgment Day. But debuting in the PSR main feed proper, tis my brother Benjamin Wiggler. Ben, how are you? I am doing fantastic, Joshy. Oh my God. I'm so happy about this. It's not a bit. This is actually Ben. This is my brother. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, maybe we could probably spontaneously do dueling Victor Drazen impressions. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Ben, it's me, Victor Drazen. It's me, Luxie Drazen. Yeah, see, you got it. Yeah. What if people think that that was just me doing the voice twice? It could you It's know, possible. Your voice is distinct. Yeah. So is yours. There's no fake. I can't fake your voice. Um, is it not? You can't do an impression of me? No. You I, couldn't just like go in like a little high voice every once in a while when like you're excited about something? I guess you do kind of like go I up feel, a little bit. And yeah, sometimes yeah. you talk very fast. Yeah. And sometimes you're very and Sometimes I talk really low. <laughs> That's my Jiminy Glick. Um, ben, I'm thrilled to have you here. Uh, when I when I figured we were gonna do a twenty four spoiler special, I called my brother because you'll remember you have a much better memory than I do. Uh, you remember things and I don't anymore. You're the keeper of the wisdom. 
I have very you've like, got the books visceral memory of our of our lives. That's right. As children, uh, you're a year and a half older, uh, a year and a half wiser, perhaps even. We can say that for sure. Uh, definitely. Um, and my memory of it that you can correct is I watched Twenty Four first. Undoubtedly true. You converted me to 24. Yeah. How did that happen? And when did it happen? What are your memories of it? I have some memories of it, but I feel like you will have the recall. My most vivid memory of our watching 24 together, and since this is the total spoiler edition. It's about to happen, folks. It's happening. Was you and I just gazing into each other's eyes when at the end of season two, Jack walks up the wall while smacking <laughs> that guy's neck. Yeah. And yeah, that was like, that was like a major moment for us as brothers where uh-huh. we're just like, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and I also I also just remember you know, Peter Kingsley being like yeah. for some reason Kingsley of all the characters was really like a shared thing for us. And I remember when the Saw trailer came out. Yeah. And I don't think they had shown Jigsaw, right? Like they and no, all you not hear, on the first one. I no. don't think. Yeah, and, and all you heard was, "I want to play a game." And you and I, I either you called me or I called you, and we're just like, "Yo, that's Peter that's Peter Kingsley." Kingsley. And we we busted Saw because we saw Tobin Bell as Peter Kingsley, the oil man, in season two of Twenty Four. A great bad guy in some ways. Very, he's got a, the face of a true weasel. Yeah, um, you know, he gets like acupuncture at one point, right? Like, it's a very super villainy thing to do. He's like taking care of himself. He's he's, he's getting hand massages, if I'm remembering that right. That might be right. Yeah. He might be wearing like silk gloves, <laughs> like lavender silk gloves. He's you know, I mean, he's thinking about his bottom line, his yeah. comfort. Yeah. Um, but I know that you and I watched season two actively together. Yes. Um, frequently in the same space, but if not in, you know, in the same location, we would be calling each other. You were home. Virtually every, yeah, I was home. You were definitely. home. You were commuting to college from home because yes. uh, it was my senior year of high school. Uh, right. And so that's when season two was out. But you would have been gone doing your own thing for season, season one. one. But I, I imagine my memory of it would be that like. I would have gotten the 24 season one DVD as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. And that I would have said, Ben, we got to watch it all this weekend. Right. And we also did all of, you know, it's, it's close. The the memories kind of coalesce a little bit with us also completely binging alias, which obviously is later. Yeah. But, um, I know that you and I studiously watched every single episode of season one together. Yes. I was maybe the first person who you rewatched season one. You with. were def- you definitely would have been. There's no one that I was like friends with that was into 24 in high school. Um, no one really other than a couple of acquaintances in high school. Uh, like a couple of, uh, of people, uh, I will, you'll know instantly who I'm talking about. I will redact the last name, <laughs> Brandon. Uh, was a kid in high school who loved 24. Is that right? Yeah, because uh, he loved the X-Files. And so I, I figured he was probably a safe bet for a Fox drama, and it turned out to be right. Uh, and uh, I remember he was the only person that I had in real time to go to to be like, it was Nina the whole time? He's like, I know. Uh, that was your cathar- That was that your was person my of guy. catharsis? Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's who I had. Redeeming value for that particular individual. Yeah, he seems to be doing great. I've seen him on Facebook a few times. He looks he looks like he's having a good life. Um, but yeah, and then and then I knew not that, that there was anything irredeeming no. about that person. <laughs> Let's spend some time on that. Uh, <laughs> but no, you were. I mean, you and I at this point in time, so much of our pop culture interests are are deeply intertwined. Obviously, as brothers, we uh, share. Uh, a mutual admiration for Ghostbusters 2. Indeed. Which, if you go and watch Josh's interview with Rob about season two of 24, (laughs) you see them broach that topic. So I also just want to go on the record as saying, you know, especially with Afterlife out Uh right now, which I hear is an abomination. I'm not watching it. Neither of us should ever give a single dollar to that enterprise. No, I'm not doing it. Ghostbusters 2 is genuinely underrated and Josh and I can both explain that. Have you explained that to people yet? Um, I don't know that I've done. Emily and I once did a Ghostbusters 2 podcast. We did it on uh, the the Valentine's Day that was supposed to be the end of the world. Oh. According to uh, the one who wasn't Kevin Dunn, the lady. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Bummer. Um, you went and watched... Rob Sesternino and I talk about 24 season two back in 2014. It was great. As preparation for this podcast. Because I told you, I said, we just wrapped season one. Emily just finished watching season one for the first time. Uh, The podcast has been renewed for season two. I don't know. And I don't think that we will go beyond season two, which I know you will not be a fan of that decision because season three is your favorite season of 24. Yeah, I would say that there are moments of season two two that you know are the best um and a lot of season three really like spoke to me yeah there was a lot of that that really 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 spoke to me as being kind of the last time that we we got some authentic art out of 24 um other than potentially habib marwan in season four habib marwan's amazing i mean that's actually one of the best on-screen villains i think we've ever gotten he's he's for sure the uh, on 24 or generally he's the best well you know, I know a lot more about Islam now than yeah. I did at the time of watching this. I was actually studying, not like, you know, to become uh, a Muslim, but I was studying Islam while season two was uh, rolling out. Um, so I, you know, I paid a lot of attention to the to the treatment of, of Muslims on that, sh- on that season. Uh, but Habib Marwan, I think, was depicted as one of the most masterful like genuinely, he was the only genuine adversary for he Jack was, Bauer. He was the Bugs Bunny of bad guys. Uh, yeah. And for once, Jack Bauer was Elmer Fudd, like he, shooting and missing for an entire season. An entire season. Marwan shows up like episode eight or something and just never lets up for the rest of the way through. He's like, no, I'll always be a few steps ahead of you, Jack. Yeah, I think as To the point that yeah. even when he dies, doesn't he like, he cut, he, Jack is trying to save him and Marwan knows. No, my way out of this will be to die, yeah. uh, and that will screw him up. And so he slices Jack yeah. Bauer's hand yeah. as he's holding him over the ledge yeah. with a huge smile on his face, and Jack can't tolerate the pain for that long. He's Jack Bauer, but he's just Jack Bauer, right. and he drops him because he has to, and Habib Marwan is smiling all the way down. Marwan shows- He gets away with it. Marwan shows Jack his limits. I think he's the only guy who genuinely ever- like shows Jack that there was a better, that there was somebody better and more dedicated than him yeah. out there. Uh, I don't know. We're getting off on, on a rant, but, but you, but, but season, yeah. one, season one, I loved um, now, you know, I'm, I mean, neither of us like spoilers when we're going into something fresh. 
Um, I think that you were so excited about aspects of season one. Did I tell you about Nina Myers and Terry? That you may have told <laughs> me about Nina and Terry right from the get-go. Very likely. If you did so, it would have been so that I could... Because we were snobs for creative stuff back then. As evidenced we by had, our Ghostbusters yeah. 2 take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we were ahead of the curve early on. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you might have done so so that I could admire the craft in advance of how they were doing it. Um. Or it may have been that your in like your inflections around those scenes telegraphed to me what was going to happen. Or it might have just been that my media literacy was high enough that I saw sure. it coming and I asked you and you were like, Do you wanna know? Yeah, and I'll I was, do that. That's a move. You know, that's yeah, a move. And you'll be like, move. you you always you always were very gentlemanly about being like, I know the answer to this. Are you sure you want to know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know that I experienced season one without first as much surprise without without really any surprise. Right. Okay. Um, what, what I, what I loved about season one, the thing that I thought was so great was the, the redemption of Tony Almeida Mm -hmm. and the establishment of him as again, one of the absolute best characters to ever be shown on television. Let me ask you a question. So I watched season one over the course of, we started the project in May, 2020 and then took a year long break and resumed it in May, 2021 and watched season one of 24, Emily and I from May, 2021, starting with episode four, I think onward until uh, a little bit before Halloween, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it took us, you know, like about half a year. Um, how do you think Emily Fox feels? You know Emily Fox pretty well. I would hope so, yes. I did officiate your marriage to her. You know her relatively well. You know her like you know her pretty well. I might not know her as well as some of your fans, but... That's not true. Okay. That's not true. I know um, Emily very well. You know Emily very well. How do you think she feels about Tony Almeida? I don't I can't conceive of a world in which anyone is not instantly willing to probably get married to Tony Almeida <laughs> including myself. Um but uh you know all right so let, let me take that a little more seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think Emily loves close talkers and Tony is a sure. very close talker. Yeah. He's a quiet quiet talker. He's a quiet talker. He's fast. Yeah. yeah. And he pulls you in close. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I can't, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. My imagination falls short. Are you telling me that she wasn't into Tony? No. I think that Emily had the very natural arc that one has with Tony Almeida. And that well, he's a scumbag at first. He, he, he comes off as a, as a real uh, goody two-shoes, well, yeah, stickler for the rules. Point. He's constantly jamming up Jack and getting in the way. He calls division. He narks him out. Um, but around the time that Nina is taken out of CTU by Jack and shot in the flak jacket and left for dead. And she calls Tony and they have to team up against Jamie Farrell. From that moment, Tony Almeida is so ride or die that he's undeniable. And pretty clearly by the end of the season was Emily's favorite character. Has and there's, be. and there's a couple of moments along the way where Tony, um, who, who always talks like this. It's always very quiet. Okay. Uh, one of the easiest to impersonate. There's characters. a couple of times. I don't know. Victor Drazen, <laughs> pretty easy to impersonate. Uh, that Tony. There's a couple of times where people cross lines with Tony, and Tony's just like, "That's it. You know what? 
uh, stay out of my business, George. What are you doing? Like he gets like angry, and there's a couple of times. There's when he saves Terry Bauer, uh, when he go, when and and dis- and he single handedly ends the amnesia storyline because she's which was one of the most frustrating. It's the worst. Yeah, it's very bad. Um, I do think it's maybe I don't know the fact that season Kim. I've been warning Emily about Kim's season two storyline, which is dreadful. <laughs> Yeah, season one. Right. I mean, are we? Should we talk? We'll try to keep the season one. I. I'm actually. No, I want to look towards season two. I'm, also, I'm. I'm more bothered by the amnesia thing, even though it is. It's shorter. T- it's shorter. It is tied into the main story more than what goes on with Kim in season two, which is an abomination. But like you know, season two gets the. It it gets you got to cut it some slack because you can tell now that the producers have obligations, right? There's no obligations in season one. They're, you know, kind of just like, they have a free license to do whatever they want and to create the rules of the show. And I think that that whole bit is the origin of all of the stupid ass shit that, (laughs) that comes forward (laughs) from that point. Yeah. And so I, I remember, I remember being frustrated. Yeah. We talked about this. We talked about how, uh, that the final push of the season, (laughs) it gets you into this place where you feel, you feel really bad for Jack and Kim because I never felt bad for her the entire season. It's they they don't do a great job uh, of characterizing her along. What she goes through in the Gaines compound is awful. Uh, the the rape with Eli and stuff like that, and then she like tries to pull it together for Kim. Um, you know those are the those are the where I feel the absolute worst for her. I also when she when she knows she's in the car with a psychopath, when this guy that she's been traveling around with all day has uh, not been is not Alan York, but is this you know crazy killer Kevin Carroll. That's brutal. That's brutal. So there are moments where I'm and really, I forgot I blocked out the rape. There are moments where I'm really in with Terry. And then basically when that the show crazy. when the show shifts into the second half, uh, that's basically when we get into she's she's being really terrible uh, towards Nina during the interrogations, which ultimately I don't feel that bad about because Nina sucks and Nina uh, does not need any empathy. Uh, but then we're in the amnesia storyline for the rest of the day. And good God. You know, there's, it's not good. There's like there's a bit of an an aesthetic thing going on between Terry and Nina too, like where they have Emily. Similar... Emily loves the uh, the short haired quaffs of season one. Yeah, 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 and and so it's interesting because they spend so much time making you love Nina as a character, which is a great bait and switch. That you know, I think it really it makes it. You know, and this is Nina's play, right? Is that she wants to shine so much brighter than Terry. And I I even wonder if there's a component where she's modeled her look after Terry as like Interesting. A, <clears throat> like is she trying to appeal to, to Jack to Jack in that way where she's like, Look, I'm everything you love about Terry, none of the bad things and, and you can talk so to bright. me about work. Exact exactly. Please talk to me about work. Right, you know, so so in a way, it could be really, really gutsy uh, writing and, and world building to make Terry somebody who you have to kind of work a little harder to to feel about. I, I did block out because I, I have not binged season one. Admittedly. What was the last time you watched 24 season, season one? one? Yeah, you think? Um, It would it would be a while now. It would the be, last time you know. I had watched it before, the last time I had watched 24 
before yeah. this podcast was the point in time that you went back and revisited was the 2014 yeah. stuff. Were there highlights from that time from watching that season two podcast? That's the original 24 podcast feed that we did at the start of Which show recaps. Beautiful. I mean, that was so much. I would never watch. go back and look. I oh, you're great in it. Your internet connection is terrible. Of but course. You're, but you're great. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like cutting in and out. Yeah, you are. Oh it's, yeah, it's great. Rob, uh, Rob is crystal clear. Of and course, you're just like it's like you're beaming in from Mars. Oh well, I remember exactly why I had those internet problems at that time. Where were you? I couldn't. Right here. You were here, but not in this exact location in the room, and not with uh, uh, an Ethernet uh, cable situation that I now am in uh, possession of. You're hardwired here. Uh, I'm, I have an airport that's hardwired, okay. and I have the airport right next to the. Anyway. Uh, Milo could hack my system, no problem. <laughs> my password to everything is life sucks, one word, lowercase, as Kim Bauer uh, uh, loves to do it. Oh Were there any God. fun takes for season two? You had a lot of Because I'm in the place where now I'm like yeah, trying to remember yeah, season two because so, we're starting into so it. So for the folks who are listening to this, I, I sort of, I, uh, I, I have a tendency to sometimes be underprepared for things. And Couldn't I, be me, you know. But uh, no, look, dude, you were so prepared for that. So I, I, that I, podcast yeah. was within the first, huh, twenty four podcasts that I had ever done. Uh, pretty, pretty easily. I had done like video stuff at MTV and everything like that, but I had not. Was done that one podcasts. of your first video podcasts? Um, well, it was designed as an audio. I mean, we had like the video component, but it was a, you know, it was a project that was designed for the sake of going into a podcast feed. Very appropriately, you were wearing a, a headset microphone with a mic attached. I know. I remember the one. It was very I tactical. recorded a lot of the evolution of strategy on that microphone, which is hilarious and why <laughs> that audiobook's first volume sounds like trash. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, yeah, it's the same microphone from, from that same time. It looked great on you, though. <laughs> you pull it off. But it was very young in my podcasting career. Yeah, but you know what? I, I don't think that you were far off in terms of, like, you know, what you've developed in terms of your, your flow. It was great. It was really fun to watch Rob interview you as an expert on what <laughs> had just happened. And you, you delivered it, of course, with your signature charisma and humor. Mm. But... You were reporting on it as though these were the events that the world needed to know about what had happened. Yeah. Like, you, you were legitimately, like, reporting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was great. You did have some—you had some good takes. You guys talked about um, the cougar scene. Uh, you iconic. Talked, yeah, the iconic cougar scene. I've been trying to uh, drop a lot of lines about cougars around Emily because she doesn't know what she's getting into. Oh, she, she hasn't reached that I yet. don't think she's—no. Oh, have mean, you guys not even started no, we So uh, the podcast isn't going to—so we're going to take next week off. Uh, to give us a little bit of buffer. And then the following week, we will release our season two premiere podcast, which we have already recorded. We have watched it. We have recorded the season two premiere. Emily is horrified by the Kim Bauer storyline, is the spoiler for season two's takes so far. But she's very far away from the cougar. I don't think the cougar happens until pretty close, if not exactly halfway through the season, which is wild to me to think about what do they do? The, with pace, the pacing Kim? of season two is extraordinarily strange. Yeah. One of the things that happens in your podcast with Rob is that you guys get to the 55 or 51 minute mark before you, and, and the bomb still hasn't gone off. Right. And so what's really funny is that there are some people who look at season two 
and they don't give a shit about what happens before the bomb goes off and then it's everything that happens after that is the season to them like the coral snake and what's yeah. his face with the thing and the, the computer chip in his chest All that's your shit exactly you love you love second half season two yeah yeah so there are people who are like strictly second half and then but i do think it's the first fifth the all the first 15 hours are the bomb though like it's it's yes you know so when people talk about it as the second half it's not the second half you know it's the home we're getting into the it's the final act yeah but you know for me um well i was surprised you didn't shout out to the password for George Mason's password. This is something that for some reason has always stuck in my brain. I don't have so it. So you didn't, you don't have it in not, your brain? Not right now, no. You don't know what his password is. Speaking of passwords. Should you tell me or should I wait to encounter it? Well, th- why don't I, you tell me? Yeah, I just do, say So it. you talked about my memory. <laughs> I do this thing that Josh hates where. Oh, I, I do. <laughs> I loathe this. This is one of my least favorite things you do to me. Where I'm like extracted from my mind. Joshua. I know. Like it's like, it's like Paul Atreides type stuff. It's Use awful. the voice. It's yeah. Like you try to like be like, what are you? My uh, you like uh, yeah no it's you're my Paul's mom Benji Jezzeret yeah 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 yeah. and I'm like come on Josh do it use this yeah (laughs) use the the word use the voice Uh, it's Hendrix and I the password's Hendrix Hendrix that's right with an X with an X with an X and and then someone says uh how like uh he says with an X and doesn't he say how else are you supposed to say it he says how else are you supposed to I don't know with a CKS yeah now I remember that and what I love about that is it it's it's the it's that is like the final fine crafting of what an amazing character George Mason is. He's a Hendrix fan. Yeah. You know, like he is, he loves Jimi Hendrix. Yes. So when he's, you know, at, so what we could say about him at the end of season one is after all of that, this dude is super frustrated. He's going home and he's list, he's putting on Hendrix on vinyl. Yes. And yes. like, I yes. love that. And yeah. in his mind, He's probably playing all along the watchtower as he's going down in that plane in season two. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, you know, that's one of the cool things about um, about the show. Can't wait for that arc. Yeah. About the show's early seasons is that they really actually, and I think this is like to the haircut, you know, with Terry and Nina. It's like they actually really do some subtle character craft work that they don't explicitly spell out for you. And, uh, and I don't think that they continued to do that. The characters of the of the first three seasons are the characters of twenty four, as far as I'm concerned. I'm very snobby about it. Totally. Um, I think that they introduce some characters in seasons four and beyond that are great characters. Like you don't get Charles Logan until very close to the end of season four, and he's a, a, a you know sure he's a, fun, an outstanding uh, you know twenty four character. When you think about the pantheon of twenty four characters, exactly, yeah. But if we you know. If if we don't, if Emily and I don't get there on the podcast, I won't be heartbroken. I'm sure that there are people who are really enjoying the podcast that would really like us to get there. But like for me, 24, 24 is an interesting thing where there are so many off ramps, I think. Um, Easily. 24 yeah. is one of those shows where I definitely would not say you have to watch the whole show. If you do, then you've got like a big, you know, you know, sequence of revolving doors because the storylines in many ways repeat themselves. Uh, you know, if you fall, if you get too close to Jack, if you fall in love with Jack, you're dead. You will die unless you're Kate Warner. Kate Warner is the only exception to the rule. Terry dies. Uh, Kate Warner makes it because she has the uh, fortitude to dump Jack's ass. <laughs> Are there any others other than Kate Warner? Claudia gets shot in the head. Oh. Right. With a stray right. bullet. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Renee Walker 
is going to get assassinated and, and trigger Jack's final descent into madness in season eight. Um, oh, Audrey Rain Walker. They like fake kill her once. And then in 24, Live Another Day, the miniseries. They bring her back in a very demented way. And then they shoot her in, in the final episode and she dies. Uh, so it just always happens. Yeah, and I think to your point, like I, I it took, these stories you repeat to, themselves. You had to nauseum. say those names for me to remember them. All. These stories repeat themselves ad nauseum, and uh, they end up, uh, you know, Jack I think circles the drain in a lot of ways. And there's some ways in which like the the repetition of history is kind of interesting. And in how many times can one person suffer the same slight, the same you know catastrophic, uh, you know, insult and injury, and still be that person i think is an interesting sort of mythical story but it can be very tedious in certain seasons it could be horrible to watch if you want the full arc though that full cycle you got to get to the end of season three probably his final moment in season three is sort of you know stands in for everything that happens afterwards yeah yeah, I think that that's the thing. Is like one doesn't end in a way like you could walk away from season from twenty four with season one, but it's such a down note. Um, season two yeah. ends with Jack in a relatively fulfilled place because Kim loves him again, and he's you know literally. I asked Emily once if, uh, if she ever thought Jack Bauer would die. She's like, "No way, he's Jack Bauer." Little does she know. He will die in season two for an entire About five three minutes, or, yeah, three yeah. Or four minutes. <laughs> which is going to be amazing when we get there. Um, that he like literally gives his life for the job. Uh, he, you know, he goes through all that. Uh, you know, he seems to have the possibility of life after Terry with Kate. There's a Jack Bauer ending for sure. But then they cliffhanger you with David Palmer, so like I gotta know what happened to him. I was bothered by that. I yeah, it's think. it's very it's very uh, you know. It's a very who shot Jr. kind of let's bring him back for season three, and especially in a way where the the uh, who who is who's trying to kill David Palmer this time mystery is not going to be followed up on in season three. It's going to be you have to play twenty four the video game to get the answer to that, in which Jack Bauer, Tony Almeida, and Chase Edmonds are battling an earthquake machine. Effectively. Did we ever play the game? I did. I don't know if you did. Uh, I played it the whole way through. Very difficult game because it's poorly made, so it's What's really the hard to play. Of the game? It's uh, it's like a third person shooter. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I've sort watched, of, it's I've sort of a. Do you know Siphon Filter? Yes. It's it, like of yeah. the Siphon Filter mold, but bad. Yeah, and a really rough time in game building. So you want to like get past season two so you can find out what happened to David Palmer. Like you at least want to know he's okay. Uh, and then he's alive and and mostly well in season three. But season three is a hard fall from grace for him. It's a hard fall from grace for Tony. Um, but I thought that it was the best of the getting Jack back in action, which every season goes through. It's you know he's a CTU agent. And he has to get his. You think he's he's lost a step because he has like the drug addiction. But it turns out that he's undercover and trying to reestablish cover. And that he's so hardcore that he will not only do heroin but be become addicted yeah. to heroin yeah. in order to to save the day like he be intentionally because becomes the centox nerve gas yeah he intentionally becomes addicted to heroin oh was it the centox nerve gas i don't know the centox nerve it's gas bio, i think is season five weapon. i don't the I don't cordilla virus yeah, sorry right, exactly i don't the know that auction. i want to do the virus season to be totally honest uh, i think season three is essential watching if you're gonna watch 24 i you know i think 
Jack's it, story comes full circle in it, season it three. It comes full circle in season three. And you don't you don't need to watch beyond that unless you want to check out how Babe Mart won. Right. I think you could end at season three and that could be done. We'll see where we go. I, I, I think we have to see how Emily likes season two. I'm actually really interested to find out. Um, she really, really thinks that the Kim storyline already is such trash. And I had forgotten because now I've seen that first episode. I mean, it's pure garbage. It's bad. And immediately very bad. Uh, it is It is like super cringe to watch. Uh, the it, little girl is frustrating who's, as hell. Uh, sadly, the actress who played her has passed away. Is that true? Yeah, she passed away. I think uh, we talk about it in the premiere podcast. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, that uh, she she died tragically uh, as, a, as a, obviously a very young person. Um, but that whole storyline is still really tough. We're going to get into like Miguel. I wonder how she'll feel. She hated Rick. Yeah. Uh, she really hated Rick. Her head cannon is that Rick died of sepsis from the gunshot wound he sustained to the arm in season one. I like that. You never find out. So why not? Um, but I think that I think that there are going to be things that are really frustrating. Already, I can tell that I'm going to be exhausted by some of the storylines. Like the whole Kate Warner storyline is going to take forever to develop what's her sister's name again marie marie warner so and emily one of the most impossible to watch yes. characters and also in you know like uh, the big platitude i i could not watch her emily uh in our feedback isn't show, she from the faculty uh i think that might be right uh emily in our feedback show made some predictions about season two uh-huh she predicted that um Kim would be uh, would go off to school and get indoctrinated into some kind of thing. Sure. And so she's wrong about that. But like, little does she know that she's like, she's uh, you know hovering over her stand-in essentially. She's hovering yeah. over the Marie Warner storyline. So I I'm not sure when she's gonna pick up on that. But she's Emily's Emily's a really smart television watcher, and I I suspect sometimes she keeps from me when she's actually figured something out. Because I think she wants me to feel like she's getting hit with the surprise. But I don't know. It's sort of this underlying tension of the situation where I think that she's keeping secrets. I have to be keeping secrets from her for the show. I hope that she has her little secrets. But I don't know. I think that she's going to figure out Marie Warner quickly. It's not a tough one to figure out. It, it shouldn't be. I think that she'll figure it out before the show tells us what's going on with Marie Warner. I don't think it's... Especially after Nina, I think she's going to be looking for something like that. And they really play out like the Reza and Bob Warner. It's one or the other type of binary thing where it's clearly neither of them is the bad guy so that's gonna be frustrating to watch and Kate Warner is just gonna kind of be annoying to watch she's just she doesn't have much to do until pretty deep into the season oh she gets kidnapped oh and then like the guy that she's working with gets like chopped up in the bathtub right yeah. um, I forgot about that oh that's gonna be harsh um, so there's that but she predicted a couple of other things uh, she predicted uh, the arrival of Kate Warner uh, as a new love interest for Jack Bauer. Well, that was obviously that was as a woman that she yeah. uh, pre-named Tara. Uh, so we called her Tara Wrists. Uh, <laughs> so Tara Wrists is she's not quite there, but Kate oh, Warner's man. coming. And then she predicted that CT will hire a woman named Lauren who will be highly competent because uh, they uh, are low on. It's all men at CTU, so they're going to need to boost up the staff. Uh, and so she kind of calls Michelle Dessler to a certain extent who, having watched the first episode of season two, I love Michelle Dessler so, so much. I'm so upset that she didn't get a better post-24 career. Yeah. She plays in uh, Aliens vs. Predators. Oh, yeah. Queen. Yeah. And of 
of the post. She's the Ripley of yeah, AVPR. Of the, of the post, the many post Sigourney Weaver attempts at a female protagonist of like an alien franchise. She's the only one who I think ever really held down the front. Rego Aylesworth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think she does, you know, she's on Lost for a small arc and she's not very good on it, unfortunately. Uh, and she's popped up in other TV appearances and stuff, but yeah. But her character is sick. Michelle is amazing. Michelle's great. And if if Emily ends up really liking Michelle, we'll probably have to check out season three. Agreed. Because she's great in season three. And the di- the dichotomy between her and Tony in season three is really, really fun because they're both pushed to these points of having to choose the job or the partner. And I think Michelle is cool to pick the job. And Tony's the one who can't pick the job. Which is funny given where he starts. Right. As like the Boy Scout. Yeah. So the obnoxious Boy Scout. He, fi- he finds himself in the jack seat of, you know, deceiving CTU in order to protect his family. But unlike Jack, the, you know, the law doesn't break his way. Whereas, you know, everyone's, Jack, you're fine. You're good. We won't sue you. You're good. You're great. You could just live your life. And then Tony gets thrown <laughs> in jail. Not that Jack doesn't get thrown in multiple international prisons, but... uh, He's still rotting in prison, right? Currently, yeah. The Jack Bauer cannon is at the end of Live Another Day. He's been thrown in a Russian prison. They handed him over to the Russians, or he hands himself over to the Russians to save Chloe. Yeah, God. uh, Because they really went deep on the Jack and Chloe stuff, which I know so many people love, and like I do too, but... I would forfeit all of that for uh, the first three seasons of 24 every day of the week. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Chloe's great as a soundbite. Logan is great as, like, you know, a cartoon character who kind of replaces Sherry as, like, the cartoon villain right. on the show. Like, he literally is, like, a Warner Brothers cartoon character. Oh, that's Jack Bauer. That's got to be. <laughs> I love that. That's the best. Uh, that's got to be. But the first three seasons, I think there's, I think that they're artistic things. You know, like, those were pieces of art. Um, and you know, the Kim, the, well, the Kim Bauer thing, you know, is like the, always the elephant in the room with season two. And it's because, you know, they really were trying to launch Elisha Cuthbert, Cuthbert, right? Yeah. Elisha Cuthbert. Elisha Cuthbert. They were really trying to launch her. She had a kind of a failure to launch. Yeah. The girl next door didn't really stick around. No. Well, she ended up in, um, is it Happy Endings that people love and I never saw it and they make fun of the cougar on Happy Endings. That's amazing. So she has like a a regular role on that show and a lot of people love it and I just haven't done it. I'd be interested to check it out. But, you know, I think that that was like, there was an obligation around her. Like, you know. We got to give you a story, but like they couldn't come up with a plausible way to give her a story without her getting, you know, uh, you know, in danger. But to get her endangered in the nuclear bomb plot, that is a lot bigger than being about Jack Bauer. Jack is brought in because he has a very specific inroad, a couple of very specific inroads with uh, he's connected to Joseph Wald, the guy he kills Marshall Gorin for. uh, And then that Joseph Wald's contact is Nina Myers. So Jack is going to have like that reason to stick around. Um, but beyond that, the overall plot has nothing to do with Jack. Jack just takes this as a chance to like, you know, maybe get his groove it's back a suicide somehow. Run also. Right. He's, you know, he's looking at himself as somebody who's willing to die for a greater good because he would probably rather be dead anyway. It, it seems uh, that way. Right? And so there's really no plausible way to bring Kim into that stuff. 
Well, the only way, and I think the way that like they sort of do, but again, no, there's a bomb going really. off. Get out of town. Get out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Aunt Carol's. Hang tight, everybody. Worst day ever. Spoiler special. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so we're going to dig in deep into my history of 24 with Josh. Josh, at one point, um, created a season of 24 and potentially like the Bible for a season that would have come after it. Uh, as an early piece of fan fiction, yes. which I don't think has ever been shared with nope. the universe. I don't think I have it anymore, unless yeah, you do. You might, I might, I might. Um, I'm not going to share it, though, folks. That introduced... We can tell you about the story, <laughs> though. In, introduced, I think you had an gr- amazing role for Dean Winters in it. Yes, I, uh, Mayhem, uh, like me, uh, yeah. with uh, Ryan O'Reilly from Oz. Uh, Dean Winters, I, I had a great character for him, who basically ended up being... Chase. Uh, Chase, yeah. So you kind of predicted the Chase Edmonds character, but you had a way cooler way for, uh, for her and him to right. I mean, you kind of also predicted her working at that Kim CTU. would work at CTU. Yes, yes. So that was where you could see because you because you knew that they were obligated to use Kim. Yes, which I I just think it's such bullshit. You know, like the where where twenty four took a really wrong turn for me is that they'd never killed Jack Bauer. Like going back to what you said earlier, we always used to talk about this. Where it's like if twenty four really wants to be balls out, they have to kill Jack. It's a responsibility to kill him. And what they did was they abandoned the format in favor of you know, it's the Skywalker saga stuff. Right. You know, like where it's like they abandoned the format of the show, which was the real superhero of the show in favor of like this weird family legacy. And so they should have, you know, they should have just like, yeah, asked Kim. By, and by the Cougar time, Cougar should have taken out Kim. That would have been <laughs> way cooler. By the time that they were, you know, ready to do uh, 24 stories without Jack Bauer and they well, do done. 24 legacy with Corey Hawkins, who's a great actor. But like at that point you have nine seasons of 24, I guess eight and a half seasons of half, 24. Yeah. Uh, with Jack Bauer, that now it's the Jack Bauer show. Now real time isn't the star anymore. Uh, you have to you have to do it with Jack. They uh, got there way earlier. Way earlier though. I mean, like season five, right? Was a joke. You know, that was five, no season five is the one that everyone loves. Season, really? Which, which season one five, has uh, RoboCop? Uh, that's season five. Really? Uh, I didn't. I didn't love it. Season five is the one where uh, where they kill they. Folks, I really hope you ha- you don't care about spoilers or you've watched the whole thing. We're just going for it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, don't, no, don't even say it. This no, I'm going to say it. I'm right, going to say it. I'm going to say it because we gave you the warning. So this is really like right. you shouldn't be listening to this. This is the Season five is the one that begins with them killing David Palmer. Season five is the one that ki- begins with they kill Palmer. They kill uh, Michelle. disrespect to Michelle. Yeah, they, they uh, fake kill Tony a couple of times, but they make you think that they kill him and then they bring him back in season seven. Um and season five is the one where Logan is outed as like the Manchurian candidate, basically, where he's the bad guy. <laughs> um, people love that season. That season really? won an Emmy. Uh, that season no. uh, 24 won an Emmy over. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. That would have been right at the end of Bush's presidency. Season six is People the one that I that I presidency. that I trash, and I'm so sorry. I I I don't have the name in front of me of the person who who really wants me to give season six another shake. But I I've read that email. Uh, I hear you. I am open to watching it again with fresher eyes. But I I just don't see us getting there on the podcast. What's the thrust of season six? I might have actually tapped out of twenty four after season five. Season six was uh, season six was the one where uh, it began. It's Jack is coming back from being in China in yeah, prison yeah. for a year and a half, and there's been bombs, uh, uh, bomb attacks all over the states for months, uh, and a nuclear bomb is going to go off again, and it actually does. It goes off in like uh, I think in Venice, in L.A., uh, and Jack has to kill Curtis. Uh, yeah, no, this was trash. And Jack's dad is the bad oh, guy. Oh, yeah, this is the Jack. Yeah, one. yeah. Yeah, that one's, that one's utter trash. Well, they get very soap operatic with Jack's family legacy. Everybody who has the name Bauer has to be, you know, super important. All right, let's let's skip it. That I, I just recall being like, this is trash. That's the season that I tell people actively to skip. I, I have been yelled at by a couple of people about that, but I, I still do believe it, but I should probably but, I mean, go like and watch Jack's it before dad I... dad thing? Come on. Yeah. I mean, like, that should never have made it to television. Not without right? Donald Sutherland being his dad. It, certainly. Yeah. Which would have redeemed it entirely. In my fan fiction, Jack Bauer's father was an important of part of the course. story, yes. uh, and he was played in my mind, although not written in the text, but I would have told anyone who read the fanfic that Donald Sutherland clearly was playing Jack's father. And of course, like, that would have been acceptable at any given time. Yes. Still could happen. Yes. Well, no, I mean, because we know who his dad is. James Cromwell. He's a great actor. Uh, He's not Donald Sutherland. I'll say this, man. Whenever I see James Cromwell pop up, I'm like, all right. Same with Laura Linney. I'm shocked at how good What's It Called is, Ozarks. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. when I see Laura Linney, I just think of the life of David Gale, and I'm just like, forget it. Oh, right. This is going to be horrible. Forgot about that movie. And Cromwell's the same. Cromwell's like a... Do you know this about Cromwell? He is... Look, I have so so much respect for animals, guys. Cromwell is like a violent vegan. He's like a super activist vegan. Oh, so he's like his character on Succession, who's uh, very. Are you a Succession guy? He, I am. He's, I am not having watched. The fi- I'm waiting for all of it to be done to watch it. He's you and you and Roy, and he loves uh, the environment. I think he's a very well-meaning guy, but he's like a really intense. Uh, he's really intense, and I think that he projects a sense of prestige that is not necessarily interesting easily uh ascertained by the work that he involves himself in i'm not i'm not spoiling la confidential but he's great in that he's i think he's cruised pretty hard on la confidential Confidential was what got him over the top over the line he's he's amazing but i I, as soon as i saw him pop up i was like okay i think i might be done with the reality is is that these Seasons of 24, by virtue of the fact that it's called 24, are 24 episode long seasons, and I don't think that Emily's going to want to watch them all. I think that I think that she'll, I think that there's going to be aspects of season two that are going to be tough. I think that there are going to be storylines that are going to be really meandering and slow, um, and I think some of them are also going to be really, um, on, from a content perspective, hard to watch. And so I don't know what the energy will be at the end of season two. Are we like? in need of a break at least before we get into season three, I would guess. Yeah. Um, but I do think it would be nice for her if she, if she, I have not been able to in just recording the first episode of the podcast of season two. I'm very clearly so happy that Michelle is on the show and she's like, why are you being such a weirdo? I'm like, I just like Michelle. Yeah, she's uh, amazing. cause she's a great character. Uh, 
But if em- if Emily like is invested in her, if she continues to be invested in Tony, if she's still invested in Jack, then I think that we should watch season three at you some point. Try. You but try. that's a that's a long time from now. Season three, I think the other thing about I'm sorry, I'm like really into season three, is like I it's can't, great. I can't think of a moment like or an arc in there that like I don't want to watch like there's it's I think it's got like there are the least amount of at least that pop into my mind this is my my emotional memory of it is it's got the least amount of stuff where I feel like oh yeah okay I guess they have to do this like it feels like that's one where like they they are keeping that tension tight the entire time Salazar I mean like you know like it's actually it's really it's really great if you could chop out all the crap in season two and just kind of like if you could just cut Kim from can't. season two, you can't. I know, but if you could, and then go to season three, that would be uh, you know, watching one of the most important American television shows of the twenty first century. That's how strongly you feel yeah. about season three. I, 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 feel, I feel pretty strongly about season three, but you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to. I would love to get there. We'll we'll see how season two goes. I'm trying to think yeah. of other season two things that I'm particularly excited for. Emily to get to based on her reaction to season one. We would always love when a random character would show up. Uh, and we, we got really invested in, in some side characters along the way in season one. There's a lot of great side characters in season two. Uh, just based on the first episode, we're already getting a good Hayden to Eric Rayburn, the oh, NSA man. guy. Yeah. Uh, and then Harris Yulin, the judge from Ghostbusters 2, also featured in Ozark, if I am not mistaken, is going to play uh, Roger Stanton. Roger uh, Stanton, great character. Oh, and Mike Novak. Oh, well, of, Mike Novak. You know. Well, Emily, uh, I, I'm i not sure how she's going to handle Mike Novak's heel turn. Yeah. Because he, he's, you know, he's going to... He's gonna turn his back on David. I I had no choice. He's he's leading us in a wrong direction. Uh, so I don't know how she's gonna feel about Great that. Great character, though. Well, he is one of the ones that's kind of worth sticking around some of later twenty four for because he has he ends up being part of Charles Logan's cabinet or at least his inner sanctum. Uh, and he, when David is killed. Uh, you know, I think feels a lot of regret because their relationship fell apart. So he becomes an ally, I believe, to Jack in some respects. Uh, That's my memory of My it. memory of Mike Novick in season five. Season five is really good for a few of the supporting players from early 24. For Mike, um, for um, for Wayne Palmer, who then they trash in season oh, six. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But then most especially for my boy Aaron Pierce, uh, Secret Service agent. Uh, who uh, Glenn Morshower plays, and they will um, uh, they will do they will do some stuff with him in season two. I think that Pierce will show up towards the end of season two and try to help David out a little bit when David's not the president for a short period of time. Emily's going to think him. the Twenty Fifth Amendment stuff is hilarious. I think that it's just like a totally ridiculous subplot when he gets voted out of the office. Back when we thought that that was a possibility to be I know. The president. <laughs> it's like the most fictional part of the show. No. Uh, uh, so I think that she'll, you know, there's going to be a lot of eye rolling, I think, at season two. There will be a, uh, there will be a few moments where I think she'll, she'll be, uh, she'll yeah. really be authentically loving it. But cer- already certain characters were having a great time with uh, Paula, sort of the proto-Chloe. 
uh, the Sarah Gilbert character who's just in the first four episodes or so. She she dies when CTU blows up. CTU is going to blow up really fast. You know what? She gets a good death. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, like, I guess that back, you know, when I was looking at the uh, 2014 thing, you, there was some disgruntled fan who was like, you completely overlooked Paula, justice for Paula. <laughs> and like, you're like, look, uh, do we even really need to talk about Paula? She's and, there for five seconds. You know, but like. We're having know, fun with Paula so far. You know, I mean, you know, she did her role. Paula has a great moment in the premiere where she's like, yeah, I don't know that I can do my job if there's the threat of being obliterated by a nuclear bomb over my head. She's and, pretty realistic. And Tony's like, could you just please maybe <laughs> just stay? Uh, and so she doesn't make it because uh, of that. No, she knew it was coming. Um, I'll be very interested to see what Emily thinks of Danny Dessler, Michelle's brother, who's going to show up for a hot minute uh, late in the season, who uh, re- I won't say the name to be respectful but probably reminds both my brother and I of a member of our family, mm. uh, that there is a certain family member who uh, that would be triggering of. It's our mom. <laughs> it could be. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be fun. I think that there's enough in here that's that's good and worth really chewing on, but season two is no season one. I think you only watched the season two podcast, but my memory is getting to uh, the season four podcast and being like, my hot take is that season four is the best season of 24 other than season one. I remember you feeling that way in the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was great. I mean, Habib Marwan really makes it a fun... I mean, it's a chase. Like, the whole thing is a chase. This is the one that starts off with, like, the convenience store heist. Right? Um, or is that five? Uh, that starts off with a convenience store heist. It's like store second heist. episode, maybe. There's a... Uh, th- there's the Lucas Haas storyline. Is that the same thing? Oh, yeah. I think that season four has the convenience store it's, heist. Which was good. Yeah, Jack improvising by taking a convenience store hostage. Yeah, and, and season four is is, is But season four, season four takes a minute to find its way because they, they start off without any characters that you know, and they themselves in the writing are very clearly unsure of who they themselves want to invest in. Right. And they end up mostly clearing house of the new characters that they've introduced even chloe is the holdover from the original era of 24 but she's not a series regular yet and they fire her and she disappears for a long arc of the season and then they bring her back and it's starting in you know second half of season four where chloe becomes a jack bauer ride or die um but despite all of that then they bring Tony back in. Then they bring Michelle in. Then they bring in David Palmer. And all of those people are, you know, great as always. And then they introduce you to Charles Logan. And now you have like yeah, a total ineffectual like- president. <laughs> um, and then like now they're like, wait, we've got Curtis Manning. He's a cool character. Let's invest in him more. Uh, so season four starts to figure it out. But the big through line is that they just got an amazing, untouchable villain in Habib Marwan. Yeah. Um, season two is not really going to have that in the same way. Um, it's funny because my memory of season two is so rosy, but yeah, talk, talking to you about it, it's it's super mixed. It's got, it's got some moments that are really, really great. The the Jack and Nina arc is, my memory of it is that it is, uh, it is still really uh, intense. Well, she owns that role. It's so going to be great to see uh, Sarah Clark uh, getting to have several episodes where she can play evil Nina. Yeah, it's very fun to watch, and she's so good at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Oh man, there was something that was on the tip of my brain. Uh huh. What is about it? season two? Uh, Am I supposed to divine this from you? No, 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 no. The uh, use the use the voice. Uh, use the voice. Use the voice, Paul. Use the voice on me. Use Get the voice on me. Josh. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know what it would have been. Um. Yeah. The important detail we left out about Jack Bauer running up the side of a wall and coming down yeah, and breaking a person's phenomenal. neck is that he's doing all that while having a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. It's the torture scene of, uh, what's his Of name? Syed Ali? Yeah, yeah, Syed Ali. That's tough. Uh, that was, you know, that was a very strange thing to put on television. Well, it was very much of its time. I mean, this is, we talk about it in the preview show, which is, I mean, I guess the first episode of season two, which somewhat acts as a preview show uh, in the first few minutes of it, um, that this is made, this the first full season of 24 conceived after 9-11, um, that you know we're at war, and there are some of the there's some ways in which I think like David Palmer's story specifically challenges the way that the Bush administration handled all of that. It was clearly a response. Um, but then there are also ways in which there is you know sort of the 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 celebration almost, uh, or at least sort of the attempt to justify the need of extraordinary torture and extraordinary circumstances that the show does not interrogate that stuff very well, I don't think. No. Um, and it's pretty gross and graphic, and it's, some of that's going to be really hard to watch. I've warned Emily a little bit about the torture porn qualities of season two. That's, so that's another hugely problematic thing. So the way that, But the way that he actually cracks him is he, he stages a video where he shoots his family. His family. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess one presumes that he gets the family to participate in this and like, you know, that he tells them how to act or whatever. Right. Cause like, that's the only way feasibly he could have pulled that off. Right. Right. I always was really troubled by the logistics of how he actually pulled that off. Yeah. In addition to the substance of the thing, but the yeah, logistics but the too. Logistics really <laughs> always concerning. With me. Yeah. Um, but you know, like how would we have felt about 24 if he had actually killed his family i don't think particularly good because the show was never written with the nuance that could handle jack bauer being a disgusting person right you know they always would find ways of emotionally justifying his actions i feel like um or at the very least not fully vilifying him and something like that you would have to fully vilify him so i think that's another where area where they kind of like punked out by they couldn't like, they wouldn't be able to like truly ever anti-hero jack bauer no even when what he's doing is clearly not good there's never an anti-hero vibe to jack there's times where he's you know going off uh you know the grid and doing things that are totally flying in the face of common decency <laughs> Uh, or, you know, his whole... But he never really crosses the line. Well, he does. He, you know, he has to run What's away from... What's the worst from... thing he does? Well, he has to run away from the law when he just starts killing people in season eight because they killed Renee Walker and no one's helping him anymore. So he just takes matters into his own hands and just goes nuts. Puts on the Iron Man He puts suit. on the Iron Man Mark One armor. Uh, yeah, in season... That's se my favorite. I mean... I that's my favorite. That scene is one of the best scenes in 24. And that also the callback to the whisper. That scene is is worth hanging on to all of 24 for. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Is to get to Jack Bauer coming into the parking lot where Charles Logan's being driven out wearing Iron Man armor <laughs> and uh, nerve gassing Logan out of the car. And yeah. Logan saying, don't just stand there. He's coming for me. <laughs> 
uh, Weasel Charles Logan is uh, is almost worth the price of admission for the last half of twenty four. Almost, almost. It's just you could just YouTube it though after getting through season. Four. But I don't. I don't. I. I don't, but what's the worst? What I know. is the most morally reprehensible? I think thing what you does? just described is really, really bad. Um, but. My mem- I mean, this is one of the reasons why I'm I'm enjoying going back and watching it because I did I you know in 2014, 24 live a na- another day was coming, and so Rob Sesternino and I at the advent of post show recaps podcasted about every season of 24 as a one off podcast in the lead up for live another day, and so I binged eight full seasons of 24 in a very quick period of time. Did you watch it on normal speed? Yeah, I didn't know that there was an option to not do that yet. Uh, <laughs> and so I watched it, and once that was done, never looked back. So watching 24 again for the sake of this podcast is the first time I've gone back to watching 24 in seven, eight years. Yeah. So my memory of it, unlike with Lost, which I would watch in its entirety every other year at the at the least you know i know lost frontwards and backwards certainly now after doing the podcast that we've done there um but i i know every inch of that show in a way that i used to with early 24 24 but it's gone a lot of it is gone that's interesting some of it comes back some of it wakes up and that's a really fun part of watching the show but i think that um I don't know. I think a lot of the ways in which um, the the world has has changed, but also like cultural wake ups and stuff like that. I'm you know I I look at the show a lot differently than I did back then. I was you know an 18 year old, 19 year old when I was really in love with those first three seasons. A 20 year old when season four came out. 21 when season five came out. And I guess I figured out some semblance of taste uh, when I was 22 and season six came out. I was like, not for me. <laughs> no, uh, no good. And also at that point I had lost and that was a show that I now felt had real good character motivation. I know it's not your favorite. Uh, Mine? You don't love lost. Dude. I absolutely adored lost. I don't know where you're currently at in terms of its finale. We're, we're close. We're right now in the podcast. We are five episodes from being done. With the whole thing. You know, I think Lost... On the, Maybe six. On the one hand, is one of the all-time great pieces of, you know, filmed art. You know, uh, you, you know, pop art on video. Like, you know, I was never as hard into it as you, but I, I would say I loved it deeply yeah for for a long while. And I've, I'm, I'm on that side of things. And I, I haven't rewatched it, despite many opportunities to do so in sync with you but like uh i remember just feeling very deeply betrayed by the show and not because i wanted to know about the statues you know what i mean like it wasn't about the mythology for me i felt like that was a show that really uh i know it was trying i know it had this interesting give it another shot i i I would love to talk to you off microphone about why you should give it another shot well, I, well, we shouldn't spoil it for people who haven't watched the show. But that being said, I'd be really interested to get your takes on it now. But you were you were known at that time as twenty. It's evenly split between Lost, yes. Survivor, and Twenty Four. Absolutely, hundred percent. It was an even, almost even. Split. Those were my th- those were my three favorite shows. They were uh, on my Mount Rushmore, and I think the fourth probably was Oz at the time. You were super into Oz. Loved Oz, which is amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, but Emily yeah. and I binged all of that several years ago, and it was Tw- a great experience. Twenty face though has definitely eroded. You know, like it, it. You know, they both through overextending the length of the show. There's a lot of things that they did to you know to. But it shouldn't be discounted that that is the show, I think, anyway, right? I mean, it precedes Lost by a lot. That's the show that gave prestige TV to the world. 24. That's my take. Whoa. Not The Sopranos. Not, you know, the HBO stuff. You know, I think that Oz, you know, uh, well, I would give it to Oz. Sopranos would never have happened without Oz. Um, Oz was the first time that, you know, like real prestige TV was made. Sopranos was the first time that it was popularized, but it was still elite and unaccessible. Yeah. I think that 24 is the first time that prestige TV was made accessible to people. And I think without 24, you wouldn't have lost, wouldn't have, you know, quite a number of other amazing shows that have, you know, fundamentally reclaimed from cinema a lot of the 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 ability to tell really really deep character driven stories and you know it's so funny that it wasn't from the binge era but it was also the first thing that i think significantly expanded people's attention spans to be able to really hang on to long form st- storytelling so i think you know 24 and it's an important show it's an important show i think people don't really give it especially because of its closeness to uh, 9-11 but 24 could have been about other stuff like not only just like take Jack Bauer out of it like it didn't have to be about terrorism correct you know what I mean you and I used to talk about this a lot yeah, as kids yeah of like why aren't they doing like a you know a detective story or something you know you know that's not this like why right. you know there's different genres you could play with with right. 24 but they gave us a lot yeah what they could do at the time yeah yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Jack gave it gave it everything. He gave it every everything that he got the oh, whole way man. down the line. <laughs> uh we loved Jack Bauer. Still do. Jack Bauer's great. Uh he's a terrible person sometimes and he goes through a lot of things, but uh Kiefer Sutherland just you know uh <laughs> a tour de force. Trust, trusted him pretty hard, you know. A, a tour de force, a really a really tour de force performance from from the Keef all the way through. Uh, and I'm and I'm loving going back and checking it out. Uh and it's it's been real as you can imagine, you should come over sometime um and just hop on one of the season 2 podcasts if you want, Ben, but you should come over at some point and watch an episode of 24 with Emily. I'd love to see her reaction to it. It's really fun. It's really fun to watch the show with her. Uh, and it's been, you know, it's it was never on my list of, of things that could ever possibly happen that I would show her 24. Yeah, no, I, I was surprised. You know, it's just like, but like there, like she, she has hilarious takes about it and there are ways that she like very authentically likes it and then ways in which um, she, she authentically likes it, but probably for reasons that the makers of the show would not have wanted her to like it for, you know, when like, it's just heavily ridiculous and undeniably so, um, all of that stuff is so fun to experience with her. Yeah. I'm trying, it's, it's hard to imagine what she's authentically digging about it. Cause like, it doesn't leave a lot for like the modern person of taste <laughs> to be able to like <laughs> jump back in there, you know, and yeah. like really like hold on to. 
Yeah, and she loves Jack Bauer. Uh, he he do, he really does it, you know. Kiefer Kiefer really does that. She loves Jack, and I think it was that that really you know is also part of like the prestige TV. She loves the stress of it, actually. Yeah. I well, think. This, it's very stressful. it's a very stressful show. So she always like walks away from an episode being like, "We'll get on a podcast," and very often the first thing that happens when I throw to Emily Fox, you just hear her go, "Wow." <laughs> what a twist. You know, these are <laughs> big, big, great, incredible Emily reactions to the show. Uh, but doing the podcast with Emily is like the only reason to be doing it is like to get to show someone what the show is like all these years later and to have the opportunity to introduce someone to it is really great. But it, a, a secondary thing that's been really fun for me is remembering it as I'm going, um, being surprised by it again. It is the it is the closest I've experienced to being able to to re-experience something mm. that you really loved for the first time all over again because mm-hmm. it's not quite that, but it is distant enough that I'm still being surprised by it. And sometimes those surprises are, oh yeah, oh my god, I forgot about that. Or then other times where something will happen, be like I really even still don't remember this ever happening before. Um, so it's interesting. It's an interesting experience. Do you think Kiefer's ever going to I'm get... kind of like the Terry Bauer amnesia storyline. Y- you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's weird because your knowledge of this stuff is usually encyclopedic. It's fun It's fun to see you be able to be surprised by 24. With the content boom and having to like pay attention to a lot of different stories, a lot of those specific focuses uh, have gone out the window. Like I talked Survivor to death to a point where... I, I would still have a lot of recall and still do have a lot of recall on Survivor, but so much of it is also gone from having just talked it to death. Yeah. And, you know, did a very, you know, did the full binge of that show for the Evolution of Strategy audiobook that we did back in 2014, 2015, that I've never gone back and rewatched the seasons that we watched there. And I have no idea when I would ever want to do that again, especially now um, that a lot of that is gone. And with 24, a lot of that is gone as well. It's really with Lost because I'll just always keep going back to that well, show. Well, you know, for all of my problems with Lost, that I mean, it, it's art start to finish. You don't have to agree with all of it, but like it's a, it's a big piece of art. Yeah. These other ones were pieces of comedy commerce yeah and there's an art to them the art of commerce but lost was just art pretty much straight through Um, all of my issues with it do you think Kiefer's ever going to get another really good role man I want him to come back as Jack Bauer so badly I think he should do one more and I think it's got to be the we're going to kill Jack Bauer season um and then (laughs) Once Jack Bauer is canonically dead, maybe, maybe then Kiefer Sutherland can move on. Because I think that that character is chasing him. He haunts designated survivor from what I saw. He's just Jack Bauer as David Palmer. Uh, He... Uh, he did. What was the one with math and his ki- genius kid? He was oh protecting. right, I don't forget the name of that show, but I know exactly what you're talking and about. He was so excited about. It. He's like, "This is the one, guys, where I don't have to be Jack Bauer no, anymore." No, but like you have the the specter of Jack Bauer haunts him wherever he goes because I don't think he's exhausted that character all the way. He hasn't exercised it. Jack Bauer has to die so Kiefer Sutherland can live. Yeah, I you know I. <laughs> I I really wonder about it, or could it could it just be Jack? I would I would watch just Jack living a normal day. Here's what I want: I want a TV show that isn't the Twenty Four reboot. I want a show 
called Bauer. Sure. And I want it to be FX on Hulu. <laughs> and I want it to be a little grittier than 24 was able to get and a little sharper and smarter and polished. And I want it to be free of the 24 real-time format. And I want Kiefer Sutherland to be able to dig into Jack Bauer without the trappings of the real-time format. They always talked about doing the movie and everything, but they could never escape. At this point, Jack Bauer would be able to sustain a show all on his own. You don't need the real-time stuff. You could do Bauer the show, and people would watch the hell out of it. Well, season one, he's the head of CTU. This is a guy who has massive administration chops as well and is able to like stay on long-term cases and balance a very multifaceted caseload. Yes. So like, you know, to see him not have to be I mean, these are like one-off moments in Jack's life. He's doing a lot of other stuff in yes. between these 20 these 24-hour periods. Yes. You know, he could be doing all sorts of stuff, but but so your your verdict though is that either Jack has to die or he has to play Jack again in a more unconstrained way, but n- no matter what Kiefer Sutherland, who was so beautiful in The Vanishing and in A Time to Kill, you know, who is a great actor in his own right, is destined to live forever in the shadow of his father, who continues to get employed in all kinds of roles, both dramatic and thriller, all throughout, for the rest of his history. He is doomed to never live up to his seemingly immortal father, Donald Sutherland, who gets to play every type of character, and he only gets to be Jack. I think that 24 will be the first project mentioned in Kiefer Sutherland's hopefully very long from now obituary. I think that Jack Bauer will always be the character he's associated with, yes. You don't think the weird scientist from Dark City? From Dark City. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think it will be him as the big bad wolf in Freeway. I think maybe it will be Lost Boys. I think maybe Stand By Me gets a shout he pretty gets early. A couple of those, yeah. Uh, they won't talk about him as Doc Skurlock in the Young Guns movies, which no. is unfortunate. Um, yeah, I think that he will be. He's Jack. What about Jack yeah, for which, Life? Which one is Jack Bauer uh, for Life? That should be the name of the new show. Jack, Jack Bauer, Bauer for, for life. life. Every season should yes. be like Jack Bauer for Life, Jack Bauer Forever. Uh, these are the things that should be done. Um, Ben, when I invited you onto the podcast, uh, last week, you and your wife then went out, uh, to, uh, a a place in Brooklyn where they were selling t-shirts and you found a Jack Bauer t-shirt, uh, that same exact day, uh, that you gave to me, uh, before we started recording that on the front has a really (laughs) hilarious faded, a uh, picture of Jack Bauer's face, sort of in uh, Phantom of the Opera mask mode, yes. <laughs> uh, with 24 logo in the bottom right corner, and in the upper left corner it says, "Think you know what's going to happen?" And then on the back of the shirt it says, "You don't know Jack." And I'm going to treasure this for the rest of my life. Yeah, I was thrilled to s- to see. This it. is a very important piece of clothing that I now possess. It's a good one. It's a keepsake. It's good. It's a family heirloom. Uh, we'll see what the apparel line looks like for Jack Bauer forever when we uh, when we get there. Jack Bauer for life. Um, ben, where can people find you on the internet? What do you got going on? Oh, I mean, I've got a lot of stuff in the Plug middle. Plug some stuff. I'm in the middle of sort of like a brand crisis. Uh-huh. Uh, some of your people may know that I did some music for you. Ben for, was the yeah. musical artist on the first one out podcast series. 
which is beautiful. Ghost Zero. Ghost Zero. We did a great song, which Josh and I wrote together in Hawaii mm-hmm. called Ghost Drops. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a musician. You can find me currently at Sincere Gifts Music, which is kind of a cumbersome name, which I'm rethinking at the moment. But right now you can find me at Sincere Gifts Music on Instagram. On Instagram. Uh, and uh, SincereGiftsMusic.com. If you'd like to check out some visual art and music, check out the tunes. Uh, new music on the way. New, lots of new music on the way, uh, including a song that I co-wrote many, 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 many moons ago with Joshi, and uh, that's finally ready to be. Seen. I'm not comfortable sharing it on a podcast, but it has reality TV roots. Do you do you recall that piece of it? I'll talk oh. to you. I'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a totally unrecorded context. Wow. Um, ben is also a, a, a patron of post show recaps, and I've been uh, top tier. Uh, and I've been trying to convince Ben to uh, to join the post show recaps patron Discord and come hang out with all the, his fellow patrons in PSR. You just haven't done it yet, but. Uh, the second you want to do it, I'll guide you through. People would love to have you. I'm People so ner- would love I'm to. I'm so nervous. I know Josh. you're very nervous. You're very nervous. It's not worth being nervous about. No one's asking you to talk in there every single day. Well, go say hi to people. You never know. It could well, be fun. I, I look forward to meeting your wonderful audience and my friends. Yeah, your friends. You really have created a you know I think like a friends and family feel with what you do. That uh, small business—it's a, it's a small business. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it's amazing. You've created a corner of the internet that like doesn't suck, which is a very hard thing to do. It's great, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm just yeah, I'm a, I'm a timid dude, you know. Well, come be a timid dude in uh, my neck of the woods. Uh, I'll treat me well, guys. I'll get I'll get enough people to peer pressure you into coming in, uh, <laughs> and then I'll 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 have them send in messages that I'll forward your way, and then you will be unable to resist. Uh, right. If you out there would like to hang out with the patrons of Post Show Recaps in the Discord, we would love to have you. Patreon.com slash Post Show Recaps. Support the arts is what I've been saying, Ben. Uh, I say support the arts. Go to Patreon.com slash Post Show Recaps. Is that pretty good? I think it's a good tag, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's true. You guys are worth supporting. Yeah. Support the arts. Go to patreon.com slash post show recaps. Uh, tons of other podcasts happening. Um, ben Wiggler, uh, we will probably uh, have to get you on the podcast for when Noah Hawley's Alien series um, hits FX uh, at some point, hopefully in 2022. You have first dibs on that. Acid for blood. Thank you. Uh, so clearly uh, that is a hopeful thing. I would really love to have the Wiggler Brothers do the Alien franchise podcast as a bucket list item for me before I die. Yeah, Which I don't honestly, plan on doing should, anytime soon. They should turn over the franchise to us. It'd be great. Well, we'll see how Noah Hawley does with it. It could be good. Yeah, he's a he's safe hands probably. Uh, probably weird hands. Um, weird hands. Weird. Whatever. Weird but it, safe. Uh, the show might be very bad, but I expect it will definitely be interesting, no matter what. Uh, is my is my feeling on I'm, Noah Hawley Noah Hawley Alien show? Yeah, I'm deeply grateful that Neil Blomkamp, or however you say that, doesn't get to doesn't get to near continue it. the Alien franchise. Yeah. Um, all, all right, right, Josh. All right, Ben. Thanks for having me, man. This was a delight. Uh, we are going to take next week off from worst day ever. Emily and I are continuing to watch season two. We are recording. It is happening. We will get you the podcast uh, very, very soon. First week of December, worst day ever's release date is now Sundays. So uh, not uh, not the final Sunday of November, but the first Sunday of December is when we will do the season two premiere. So keep an ear out for that. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye.